not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. But did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, Brain Trust. It is very nice for another week to have passed. A pleasant week, if you can consider the entire planet crumbling. Pleasant. A lot of people don't. I say you gotta take it as it comes. That's why this podcast is called Last Week on Earth. Any week could be the last week. You gotta have the same attitude, whether it's many weeks to come or the last week. It's not even why it's called that. It's called that, obviously, as you know, because we cover everything that happened during the last week on Earth. News, politics, pop culture, trends, science, weird shit. But also because a lot of crazy shit in the news constantly. It always could be the last week on Earth. You don't know. I don't know if you've been following this story. But there's something jumping from person to person all over the globe, ruining lives. Its name is Peter from The Bachelor. Weird dude. Doesn't know how to handle 25 girls coming at him and then falling in love with four of them and then three of them. And then asking one to marry him. And then asking that one that he's married to if he can still get closure with another one and then still has feelings for another one but then still chooses one of them. And then they go on live TV on the final after the rose being like, yeah, we're together now. And the mom's like, I don't think that's going to last. And the next day it does not last. They break up. So it's really a pandemic. This Peter, I call him pandemic Peter personally, pandemic piece or Peter personally, I picked up pickle peppers. That's what I've always referred to him as. Oh, also, The coronavirus pandemic is spreading across the globe. Everything was canceled this week. I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about the NBA, the March Madness NC2A tournament, Broadway. So that doesn't affect me in any respect, but the other stuff also sort of doesn't. But still intense to see Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson both get the coronavirus in Australia. Very intense situation right there. Um, Schools are closing everywhere. Kids don't get to go to school. They must be upset. Wait a minute. Did I forget how school works? Kids hate it. Super happy. The kids probably love this coronavirus also because they don't get the coronavirus. Kids seem immune to it. So basically, it's the greatest thing ever. It's like snow day. But generally speaking, even though it's a pandemic, most people aren't dying yet. Kind of a high mortality rate. We'll talk more about it later when my expert guest comes on. But a relatively tiny fraction of the population thus far is affected. Although that is not stopping us from freaking the fuck out. It's getting me a little bit as well. 
I stocked up, got a bunch of foods, got a bunch of different stuff just to make sure I don't get quarantined at home without any foods. Did not remember toilet paper. Everybody bought toilet paper. And so what I had to end up doing, well, I didn't even do it. Carmel did it, but I suggested she stop at a gas station mini mart and get their very bad rough toilet paper. And she did it. God bless her soul. And now we have some, even though it won't be pleasant. It'll get us through the day if need be. Also couldn't get hand sanitizer anywhere. Amazon is sold out. Every market is sold out. Target is sold out. I had a theory there. I thought if we go into a bad part of town, shady neighborhood, and went to a liquor store, they would have some. My theory being that there's more for them to worry about in that part of town than a pandemic that might not hit them. They're having trouble with violence and drugs and paying their bills. Life ain't easy in some of these parts of town. But I had a, I had a hunch they would have hand sanitizer. First liquor store we tried in that area, boom, tons of it. So I got a fair amount. We'll talk more about that later. My guest coming up this last week on Earth is Dr. Larry Burchett, MD. He is an ER doctor. He's on the front lines of this. He can tell us whether or not we should be freaking out this much, what it's like actually in the emergency rooms. He's a friend of mine. We used to be on the Today Show together. Very interesting chat I had with him via Skype. I think you'll enjoy it. It'll be in a little bit, maybe in about 25 minutes or so. I don't ever know how long this part's going to take. It's hard for me to tell you, but feel free and skip around. You can always skip around. This podcast doesn't bother me. Before I get back to more of this pandemic news and then other news, and then Larry Burchette, I have a very interesting, exciting announcement for the podcast. I've been excited to share this with you. Actually been planning on doing this for a long time. Didn't do it. Now I'm doing it. And it has launched. As you know, this podcast has been completely free for the nine years of its existence since 2011 when we launched in this good old Smodcast network. And we've only had ads a few times. It's practically even an ad-free podcast. You've been enjoying a ton of content, hundreds of episodes for free. I hope you've enjoyed it. And now I'm giving you a chance for a small amount of money, if you're interested, to enjoy even more of it and even more other bonus content, I have launched a Patreon. It is live. Check it out right now if you'd like. Patreon.com slash Ben Glebe. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Ben Glebe. You know how to spell that. G-L-E-I-B, of course, since it's the name of the podcast you're listening to. There's a bunch of different tiers starting at five bucks a month, going up to way more than that a month. And I didn't, I'm not even trying to make this just a please you listen for a long time. As a thank you, please subscribe, even though that would be amazing. I hope people do do that if you've enjoyed this and you have a few dollars to spare a month. But I jam-packed these tiers of different reward levels with sick benefits. All kinds of things like advanced access to full videos of the podcast, to a bonus podcast every month, to live Q&A video chats, to personal calls from me, personal video or phone calls from me you can get lunch with me, free tickets to my shows, drawings, handwritten notes. I will mail you all kinds of great perks. Please check it out at patreon.com slash Ben If you've enjoyed the podcast for a long time, or even if you're new and you're into it, 
please do check that out. That would be a great help to me and the people that put this podcast together. Um, it's mostly me putting it together, but especially in this time of gigs being canceled, kind of a, a strange time for live performers, for comedians. Gigs canceled all over the place, hard to find work. TV productions are shut down everywhere. Movie productions are shut down. So it would be cool if I could make a few dollars from this podcast for pretty much the first time ever. So um, if you can, if you have a few dollars to spare, again, please check out patreon.com slash Glebe. That would be super cool of you. Back to pandemic news. I didn't mean to interrupt the pandemic tearing apart the globe. We already said everything's been canceled. Two NBA players got the coronavirus. One of them, the first one that was discovered with it, was making fun of it in a press conference the day before, touching all the microphones, mocking this disease. And look, I'm down for a joke, but doom, boom, he got it real quick. Some companies like Walmart are being praised for giving two weeks of paid leave to workers who get the coronavirus. Uh, How about do that always? How about if your workers get sick, you give them two weeks paid leave, whether or not they get a rare global virus? How about just for even regular sicknesses? It's just an idea. It's just a thought. Then get over. It hasn't been easy on KFC, the Kentucky Fried of the Chickens. They have temporarily stopped describing their chicken as finger-licking good. How are they going to recover from that? BBC News reported this. As health officials all over the world stress the need for hygiene and hand washing to prevent the spread of this virus, KFC decided to reconsider whether it was a good idea to show people licking their fingers after the company's flagship product is eaten by those people. Well, that's a strong question. Maybe a stronger question, do you ever want to see people licking their fingers? On television, even on the radio, I wouldn't enjoy it. And it's very difficult to even see things through the radio. I wouldn't even want to hear it. Just imagine the sound. No one. I, I did it for a quarter second, and I felt too bad for your ears, and I stopped myself, dead in my tracks. Quote, it doesn't feel like the right time to be airing this campaign, so we've decided to pause it for now. But we're really proud of it and look forward to bringing it back at a later date. Um, are they acting, why are they acting like this is a new campaign? They've been doing finger-licking good ads since the beginning of time. Since God himself invented fried chickens. They've been licking each other's fingers so good. I don't know why this is news or why they can't have a better ad campaign. I could think of a better one right now for Kentucky Fried Chicken. We're so good, it's almost like it's not fried. Okay, I need more time to think of a better one. But I'm not getting paid for that. KFC's not the only corporation that has had to ditch long-planned ad campaigns as a result of COVID-19, the coronavirus. Both Coors Light and Hershey have also canceled ads that showed people hugging each other Whoa, stay away from me. Or joking about working from home. Let's not have commercials that make jokes about working from home, okay? I don't want to see hugs. If I see a hug on TV, I'm going to think it's okay to hug people now. And it's not okay. I don't want to be hugged by no one right now. Obviously, I'm joking. You can show stuff like that in commercials. We're smart enough to know 
That's a commercial. I don't do everything commercials say. If I did, I'd be wearing a McDonald's sweatshirt right now. You know, brands don't seep into my soul. The way some of you may think that they do. And if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you're unaware that I am, in fact, wearing a McDonald's sweatshirt. I thought it would be ironic. I can't believe Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson got the coronavirus down in Australia on the set of a movie Tom shooting. Put another mandatory quarantine on the Barbie for you. Probably what all the Australian people said. Everybody loves the Hankses. And this is very sad to hear. Except they're very rich. They're going to be good. They're going to be super good. Okay? I personally have a plan to stop the spread of the coronavirus. This is very serious. Do not drink Corona. Okay? Don't drink it. Obviously, that's a joke. I'm kidding. I'm not stupid. Anybody with a brain knows those two things are not related. The real thing to do to avoid getting coronavirus is do not watch Tom Hanks movies. I'm kidding again. But definitely don't watch Philadelphia. He's very sick in that one. You don't want to catch it. I believe he had coronavirus in that film. You know, better safe than sorry is my main philosophy when it comes to this kind of thing. Only watch Tom Hanks movies, I would recommend, where he is isolated from passing germs on. You can watch Castaway. You can watch Polar Express because no one saw that. So not a lot of germ transmission possibilities in that one. Definitely don't watch The Terminal where he played a guy with coronavirus stuck in an airport infecting everybody, touching all the pre-made egg salad sandwiches. I don't feel like that's the smartest move you could probably do. Just be careful and use common sense when deciding what Tom Hanks films to watch. Splash, where he falls in love with a mermaid? I don't know. I doubt it can jump to sea creatures. But it hasn't been tested. Bachelor party? Definitely avoid big gatherings. Okay, my actual coronavirus plan is very simple. I released it on my social media this week. Three simple words, work from home. I know everybody's now working from home. A lot of these companies are doing this teleworking, and I came out with this first, okay? I mean, not that no companies did it before, but it was not widespread. I had this plan, put it out. Every company started doing it shortly thereafter. Pretty much my plan hit before the Trump administration's plan came. I'm just saying, you read your own conclusions into that. I'm not saying it's because of me that all of these companies started doing it. And in fact, I'm definitely not saying that because most of them probably don't follow me on social media at Van Glebe on Twitter and Instagram. I'm just saying I got something good out there, helpful into the zeitgeist quicker than Trumpy over there in the tanning salon. I mean Orange House. I, I mean White House. It's a, it's a, it's a stationary tanning salon. It's a very expensive tanning salon. By the way, also during this last week, very exciting Melania Trump, big breakthrough in her Be Best campaign, major initiative has finally broken through in stopping bullying. I'm kidding. She actually just opened a tennis pavilion in the White House. So we get to see Donald with tight white shorts again, missing balls. That's the big update from her great work as a human. Trump made an Oval Office address. 
not even yet declaring a state of emergency, slurring his words, saying that he's banning all flights from Europe except the UK, even though the UK is now having a big outbreak of cases. Every other place except for Ireland and the UK and Europe, banned to travel. They wrote this speech assuming you'd have the key information in it during the national live address. And what happens immediately after? Apparently you are allowed to fly here if you're an American citizen or a relative of an American citizen. So they had to clarify it via social media. Does anybody approve of these speeches? Does he just wing this shit? Not even himself improvising it. He just has somebody hand him a speech. He's like, I'll wing it live. We're going to, I'll do it live. Okay, we'll do it live. He's the Bill O'Reilly of presidents. Quite obviously, really. So then he's also been lying that we've had testing ready. He said testing was available everywhere and it was not available everywhere and still isn't. Starting to be a little bit of like drive-through testing like other countries have in spades. In New Rochelle, New York, where there's a huge outbreak, they're starting to do drive-through testing. But we're way behind on testing. Pence is in charge of this whole thing. He doesn't even know how to speak like a human being. He's never touched a woman. I'd be surprised if he's touched a man publicly. He's probably doing a little bit of that privately. Definitely in his dreams. Which is great if he were open about it, but he's such a he's in such denial, both of the fact that he probably is a latent homosexual who refuses to admit it, and also the fact that he's ill-equipped to be in charge of a global pandemic, and also the fact that probably Trump has it. It seemed a little corona-y during his Oval Office address. Day and a half later, Trump goes in the Rose Garden and declares a national emergency, releasing all these funds. That's at least good news, for sure. But is asked if he takes any responsibility for the slow rollout initially of tackling this, because in early February is when it first came out. They downplayed it. Of course, in 2018, they laid off their pandemic task force, literally fired them, which is why we are unprepared for it now. He says, I don't take any responsibility at all. There's a lot of people around here that do things literally takes blame for everything he has nothing to do with. Stock market, all me. Except when it falls horribly these last two weeks. Not me at all. Pandemic. Should we have been prepared? Not me. A lot of people here in charge of that. He got asked, called out directly on that by Amish Alcindor from PBS NewsHour. Do you at least take responsibility for that fact? That you fired the people in charge of that? He goes, and I quote, that's a nasty question, okay? I'm not even aware of what you're talking about. Bob, do you know about this? Doesn't let Bob answer, it moves on. President of the United States. Pretty unbelievable. Also, he said in an interview this week, FYI, that he, in his second term, plans to be cutting Social Security and Medicare. So, your entitlements will be cut in the second term. That is what the president is admitting because he couldn't admit that he didn't have a better plan to cut the deficit in his second term. He admitted the only way you can really do that. Other than, of course, cutting military spending, which he would never do. Because we're very strong on military. Very strong on military, okay? I smashed my computer doing Trump because the hands flail in uncontrollable ways. And also in the past, Biden has indicated 
that he's interested in and has in certain times tried with legislation to cut Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security. Bernie's your only guy that is going to protect the person who needs help in this country, who is struggling, who needs something to even out the inequities in our system. Not socialism, democratic socialism, instead of what we also have socialism in our country currently called corporate socialism. We give subsidies to billionaires, tax breaks and tax cuts everywhere, subsidies to oil and gas companies that do not need it, that are making billions in profit. You don't need a subsidy. You don't need help if you're making billions. I'm not a math genius, but that seems pretty logical, don't it? He announced also Trump during his Rose Garden national emergency speech that Google will be unveiling a website working with the federal government. People can put their symptoms in, and if they need testing, find out exactly where they're going to get tested. And he said, in a slam to the Obamacare website, and this will be rolled out very quickly, very well, unlike some websites of the past. No joke. Google came out afterwards and said they don't know what he's talking about. They agreed to start developing a small website pilot program in its very initial phases just for healthcare workers to see if they need to be tested and just in the Bay Area of California. And it would be a very long time till they could roll that out nationally. He just made that shit up. He also said that there was, uh, I believe he said the number was 17,000. No, sorry. He said there were 1,700 was the number exactly. 1,700 engineers working on this website, a number he made up out of his asshole because they only have at the Google program, the Google subdivision called Lively, I believe it is, working on science type issues, six or 700 employees in total, all of them not engineers. The guy just makes things up and it's bonkerific and mind boggling. Also, Mexico is now considering closing its border to Americans to stop us from bringing coronavirus into its country as our U.S. cases mount. It would be the greatest irony of all time if they decided to build a wall. Would that not be the funniest thing in the world if Mexico decided to build a wall and made us pay for it? Oh, by the way, during all the coronavirus hysteria, The United States has launched a series of air raids in Iraq against several locations of an Iran-backed militia that it blamed for an earlier rocket attack that killed and wounded U.S. and British troops just during this last week. Among the facilities that we attacked late Thursday was an airport under construction in the holy city of Karbala and an Iraqi airport. They have to rebuild that airport, probs. But look, you kill our people. We'll kill you back. That's fair. I'm not, I have no issue with that. Iraq's military said in a statement that the U.S. air raids killed one civilian and five security personnel. We don't ever want anybody to have to die in international conflicts. But you come kill us, we're going to have to take action back. And they know that. In a statement, the Pentagon said the U.S. conducted, quote, defensive precision strikes against Kataib Hezbollah. Facilities across Iraq. This is an Iran-backed militia group, like I said, 
Um, quote, these weapons storage facilities they attacked include facilities that house weapons used to target U.S. and coalition troops. U.K. Foreign Secretary Dominic Rabb described the air raids as proportionate response to the rocket attack south of the capital, Baghdad, that killed two of our troops and a British soldier as well. So things are not going swimmingly in that part of the world yet again. Couldn't even be reported the news, basically. You missed that story this week on account of everything being coronavirus coverage, as a lot of this episode, admittedly, this week is as well. It's what's on people's minds. And I want to make sure that during Last Week on Earth, I tell you about some shit going down and give you new perspectives. Again, you're going to really enjoy the conversation with Larry Burchette. I think it'll make you laugh, too. It'll be a coronavirus conversation with information, and it will make you laugh at the same damn time. Twitter's testing fleets, which are tweets, comments, pictures, videos, GIFs that only stay up there for a short time, maybe 24 hours, and they're testing also less time. They're testing it first in Brazil. Um, kind of mimicking Snapchat and Instagram stories where things disappear. That's what we need, is Twitter to be even more light and frivolous and thoughtless. We need people putting less thought into their public statements. Are you kidding me? If anything, we need tweets to be like etched in stone, where you have to painstakingly form your words, so people stop being such mindless assholes on there. Can you imagine what Donald Trump will be fleeting when we see what he tweets? When his will disappear? Plus, obviously, you can still screenshot, so there's no even point to this. It's raining metal, hallelujah. What? Why are you singing, Ben? Well, it's raining liquid iron on exoplanet WASP-76b is why. ScienceSpaceRobots.com reports. It's raining liquid iron. The rain is made of metal on this planet. Astronomers using ESO's Very Large Telescope, or VLT for short. No joke, that's what they abbreviate it to, and it makes sense. Recently observed a planet suspected of having liquid iron as precipitate. Fancy science word to keep people away from enjoying science ever for rain. The ultra-hot giant exoplanet WASP-76b has a day side where temperatures reach over 2,400 degrees Celsius. That's fucking hot. Okay, I don't know the exact conversion, but it's fucking hot. It's hot enough to vaporize metals. And strong winds carry iron vapor to the cooler side where it then condenses into iron droplets. I think that's the planet we send Trump to in the Space Force. When he's, when he's the first commander of the Space Force, as soon as he leaves office in a embarrassing loss in the 2020 election happening in November. That's my thought. Dr. David Ehrenreich from the University of Geneva told BBC News, quote, imagine instead of a drizzle of water droplets, you have iron droplets splashing down. Yeah, we just imagined that. That's what you Im- immediately imagine when you hear about iron rain, is that it drops on your head. Iron rain keeps dropping on my head. Two Afghan politicians who both claim they won the presidential election have declared themselves president at rival inauguration ceremonies on the same day, BBC reports. So things will never be normal in Afghanistan. We have to get the fuck out completely immediately. The Electoral Commission says the incumbent president, Ashraf Ghani, 
narrowly won September's vote. But Abdullah Abdullah alleges, alleges the result, result is fraudulent, fraudulent. Makes sense. Since they both think they're president. The one guy thinks the other guy's results are fraudulent. They both held positions in the previous government. They're old rivals. And this comes as Afghanistan is preparing to hopefully enter into their own peace agreement with the Taliban. Following our peace agreement, which as we covered last week, is not holding up great, even in the beginning. But part of the agreement we made is they have to negotiate with the Afghan government as well. Now they have two presidents and two governments to make faulty, uh, weak agreements with that will immediately crumble. It'll just take them double the time. Experts warned the current political rivalry would, quote, gravely affect the government's position in the upcoming intra-Afghan talks. Yeah, no shit. Supposed to begin this Tuesday. Quote, unity is the only way forward if they want to win on the negotiating table. Yeah, I would agree with that. A way to not win on the negotiating table is to have two presidents arguing over who even gets to negotiate. Explosions were heard during the inauguration ceremonies, during both of them, because Afghanistan is fucking nuts. It's ruined many countries. We need to leave now, please. There were no reported injuries, thankfully, to either of the presidents. But if there was one that the president's injured, likely they got a backup president just ready to go, rearing to go. Some saying they should try to work out a power-sharing agreement between the two camps. People on the ground clear-eyed about what two rival administrations would mean for Afghanistan. Quote, it's impossible to have two presidents in one country, an Afghan man told the Associated Foreign Press. Instead of them both doing oath-taking ceremonies, they should each talk to each other to find a solution. Here's another thought. This is such a clear-thinking Afghan, random Afghan man. I think he should be the third president. I think we make anybody that makes a good point in Afghanistan another president. The Drug Enforcement Agency admits that state-level marijuana legalization reduces illegal market demand. How you like them weed-soaked apples? In its performance budget submission to Congress for fiscal year 2021, which they do a year in advance, obviously, because it's happening now, The DEA gave an overview of its enforcement efforts and made predictions about future trends. Buried within the document is a subtle admission that giving consumers legal access to cannabis means that demand for marijuana products sourced from the illegal market decreases. Oh, shit. We all knew this. You make something legal, there'll be less of it being illegal. There'll be less crime, less drugs coming in from Mexico and from everywhere, less people in jail for weed crimes, for a thing we all do. So how about just don't make weed illegal anymore, and it solves myriad problems. Myriad means many, and it's a fucking annoyingly weird word. Myriad? Why can't you just say many? Why didn't I just say many? I don't know. Sometimes I want to sound a little smarter than I need to. Sometimes I want to sound myriad smarter, myriad times smarter, much more. Mary had a little lamb, lamb smarter. And I did before. And look, I'm about to bring on our guest, Larry Burchette. But it's hard to get through a time of pandemic, and how would we do without Lizzo? She guides us through this last week. 
The singer led a group anti-coronavirus meditation online, playing the flute, no joke, didn't even know she had flout skills, behind a cluster of crystals. She urged everyone watching to reject fear and to stay connected, even as social distancing demands that we all physically stay apart. And I quote Lizzo, there are a lot of people that are still sick. There's a lot of action that needs to be taken. We need leadership. We need a cure. We need proper testing packets. There's a lot we need to do on that end. So we're also going to take time to meditate toward that as well. This is a reminder, this is the woman who sings the lyrics, So thick, so fit. Want to put your lips in places, ooh, the sun don't shine there. I like that right there. That last line is just rhymed there with there. But she continued, urging her viewers to picture the earth as a body and to envision the fear leaving that body. The fear can be a jacket, she quipped. The fear can be anything that is easily removable, a hat, some glasses, a band-aid. The earth, Lizzo said, is, quote, vibrating lower than it should be due to fear. Quote, I want you to imagine that you're taking the fear off of the earth. Like a wig. Snatch the fear like a wig off the earth. And now the earth is starting to smile. The earth is starting to vibrate a little quicker. Lizzo's probably high during this. I'd like to remind you again, she sings the lyrics, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch. Yet she led us through deep breath work. Let us through three deep breaths, and then encourage everybody to reach out to one another with love. Quote, this pandemic that's happening to us right now is encouraging that we do distance ourselves physically, that we take precaution, and that we don't put ourselves in social spaces where we are susceptible to the virus. The distance that is being wedged between us physically. We cannot allow that to wedge us apart emotionally, spiritually, energetically. This is the singer who twerked in a thong in front of everybody at a Laker game recently. Butt out, you know? Her song Juice was playing. She just twerked butt out there in front of all the children and everything. But she continued. I feel you even if you have a cough. I feel you. I reach out to you. I love you. And I think I'm convinced that Lizzo should be president of the United States. What a inspirational, beautiful message delivered calmly, bringing us together, relaxing this collective panic we've been suffering from as a nation and as a, and as a globe. Lizzo did that. Not thawing out this time, but still powerful. That's what actual leader does, brings people together. But we still have this pandemic to figure out, so don't get too relaxed. Relax! But let's get a dose of reality. How bad is it really? What's the real story? What should we do? What's the best way to get rid of germs? I ask all of these questions to my guest. Coming up right now. Hello, Brain Trust. We have a very special guest here now to fill you in on the pandemic hitting this 
planet. The coronavirus is out of control, and there's not much we can do about it. We're sponsored this week by hand sanitizer. I got some bitches. <laughs> Y'all don't got none of this? That's on you. That is on you. You should have prepped. You should have doomsday prepped, and now I've got this hoarded. Come at me. Come at me, bro. We got a very <laughs> special guest here. He is a friend of mine. We used to be on the Today Show together. His name is Dr. Larry Burchett, MD. He has actively practiced as an ER doctor in California for over 10 years. He's the medical expert for Fox TV in San Francisco for the last four years. And in his own bio, it says the following. He fell in love with Ben Glee when they met on the Today Show years ago. <laughs> we used to be on the Today Show together with Kathy Lee and Hoda on the Guys Tell All segment. Um... After a near-death car accident in high school, Dr. Larry became curious about the deeper things in life. And you can watch his video podcast on that very premise called Life Can Change in a Moment on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. I was just a guest on it last week, during the last week on Earth. You can connect with him on Instagram at Dr. Larry Burchett, B-U-R-C-H-E-T-T, or DrLarry.com. Please welcome... Dr. Larry Burchett. Hello, Larry. How are you, my friend? Wow, that's an incredible introduction. Thank you, good sir. You're very good. welcome. You? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for joining us. I know it's late on a Friday, and I wanted to know when we're going to die. So I had to bring you on. We're all going to die. How much time do we have left? I would I would say weeks to months. Excellent. Excellent. Sadly, to to directly answer that question, a week or two for some people, you know, we right. Some people will die in the U.S. from coronavirus for sure. Right. Are those people mostly old and already sick people? That combo. I would. Yeah. I. You know, seventies, eighties, uh, and with lung disease, heart disease, chronic conditions, not in good shape. Granny's still smoking with home oxygen, you know, and then the virus kind of comes through and and uh, takes her, unfortunately. That is very sad and grim. I meant to open this in a comedic way about us dying, and you've confirmed we are indeed dying. I thought I was joking. This death <laughs> announcement brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's, our stuff will kill you. Don't eat us. And now you might also die from coronavirus if you come inside our restaurants on account of all the surfaces. McDonald's. Finally, now you can die not just from the food, but also from just the seats. Um, yeah, so true. It is so true. Doc, is someone watching TV in your house? Is a pandemonium in the background? I hear very loud television oh, in the background. Hey, guys, can you be quiet for maybe like five or ten minutes while I'm doing this thing? Thank you. They're going to close Sorry, the door. Man. You have foreigners in your house. Where is that guy from? England? <laughs> He's uh, Australian. I'm not a fan. They're the ones that took down Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Right. Seeing him, he's I, he's still with us. I think he's going to be okay. He's still alive. He is, I thought he announced on Twitter he that he was dying. There, but I think he's going to be okay. Okay. You know, there's rumors that Trump has corona. I don't know if he does or not. Yeah, he seems Rumor. impenetrable to stuff. We talked about it on your podcast he shook hands with a guy with Corona, but somehow Trump's luck, he's going to be fine. He'll just, he'll just Big Mac his way out of it. I mean, it'll be, he's, I, I would have a little bit of concern if he did get coronavirus just because, what is he, 74? Yep. Probably yeah. would be okay, but. 
I mean, he's got a good team around him, at least, as far as doctors-wise, even though he has that fake doctor that says he's in the best health of anybody he's ever seen in his entire life. Break down for us, Doc, what the coronavirus, what the true concern is in all seriousness, and what we don't have to worry about. How bad of a problem is this? How bad is it that it is now designated a pandemic? Yeah. Young, healthy people, I don't think, have much to worry about in terms of themselves getting gravely ill. What we do have to worry about as a society is what Italy is going through right now, which is their hospitals get full, their ICUs get full, and you run out of ventilators. Some of the numbers that I've seen is that with good medical care, you can get this thing to under 1%. Mortality rate. Mortality rate. If you run out of ICU beds and ventilators, it might get up to five, six, you know, it might increase exponentially. So that's why we're doing all of these really drastic, extreme, and it strikes me as crazy things like canceling the NBA and all these conferences and schools canceled, all that stuff, so that ICUs don't get overflowed, that it kind of spreads out the disease a little bit. But why does that strike you as crazy? If you're saying we might get up to 5 6% mortality rate, we've got maybe 175,000 ventilators. If it was as bad as the 1918 flu epidemic, we might have millions and millions of people sick. We only have 46,000 ER beds. You know that better than anybody, and that could be inundated quickly. Some hospitals in Washington State are already getting inundated. Where are you getting this chill from? I mean, have you ever experienced anything like this? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it is extreme. I think it is kind of crazy. It, it, I, I'm also not saying it's not the right thing to do given the current circumstances, but you know, it is kind of nuts. People are panicky right now. Yeah, but I think understandably so, because what do we have to lose? I mean, it's horrible for the economy. The stock market is tanking. We've hit the bell twice to suspend trading. We hadn't done that once in 30 years before that, and now twice in a matter of two two or three days. Um, Stocks are tanking. Airlines are dropping. Any sort of service industry, any sort of travel industry, any front-facing business is bad. Comedy shows are getting canceled. My dates are getting canceled. My comedian friends' dates are getting canceled. It's very difficult for lots. Comedy clubs are closing. I'm mostly comedy-focused in a lot of my concern. But obviously the society at whole is suffering from this. But should we not do it? I w- I'm wondering why we're not going further, why we're not going Italy-style and – actually quarantining and shutting down society and enforcing by law you cannot go out past a certain hour you can only do essential services like food and grocery stores um what's the correct move isn't it important to try to curtail it from spreading yeah i mean there's i I certainly can see that line of reasoning where we're at today this thing's going to get worse before it gets better so so trump announces today here, look at Walmart and all of these big corporations that we're going to have more testing. As there's more testing out there, we're going to see more cases documented by the CDC. I think the number today was around 1,200 with 40 deaths or something like that. Now that we're actually going to be testing, which we weren't doing very much before, that number is going to go way up and – there's a delay of about, I don't know, a week or two from when people get it and then they get really, of those that are going to get really sick, getting critically ill. So it's a couple of weeks. So so it's out there. It's starting to circulate. 
in the next week or two, you're going to see the death toll is going to start to climb too. These two things are going to get worse. You may see an Italy-style lockdown on the U.S. We're really not very well positioned given what's happened since January. It, it's just frustrating to be in this in this position. If we had these drive-through testing, if you were able to confirm, hey, I don't have it, you could more freely go about your business. If we knew, for example, that, oh, you know what, in Los Angeles, in this corner of Beverly Hills, that's a hot spot. You could avoid that, you know, and it's like, oh, no, Santa Monica and Venice, no, there isn't as many positive tests there. But at this point, the cat's out of the bag, you know, that's something we should have put in place months ago that that we can't. And instead, Trump cut the funding for our pandemic response teams, cut our preparedness, and of course is taking no responsibility for it, not to get political on it, but that's a major problem. This is a prime example of when you assume everything's fine and everything's going to be good under your watch and you irresponsibly cut the preparedness that any responsible administration would be having in place. I, I, I am you know, really curious about what actually went on in those initial conversations in January. I've heard that they recommended early testing. It's a political year, high number of infections, you know, like look at China, they've got all these infections. Here we go. As we test, our numbers would go up. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't look good up to an incumbent president. I don't know if there's truth to that or not. Makes sense to me. Um, Makes you wonder. Have you been in the ER working recently? What's the vibe like? You know, I think in the ER, um, it, it's it's not as much on edge as people are in the media and in the community. We see – can I cuss on this show or what's I, your – I hope that you do. Yeah. We see shit all day long. You oh, know, you're going to throw us oh. is, is with shit? Yeah, you can say – you can even say fuck yeah. if you want. Well, literal. I mean we see literal Is it a fucking and, shit show? It's always a shit show. Is this it a fucking really, shit show? That's the question. Uh, if you want me to say that, um, I would love it. It's, it's not there yet. Okay. It's not yet a fucking shit show. When do we cross into fucking shit show level? Are people coming in with coronavirus concerns? Are you having to test people? Are you putting on the hazmat suit? Um, those are a lot of questions. I'll take them one at a time. I, I, I had a lady that came in coming back from Hawaii. She developed fever and cough. She was worried she had coronavirus because she was going to travel with a young child and an older person didn't want to give it to him. I swabbed her and she was positive for influenza. And she was like, doctor, thank you. I'm so glad I have flu A. (laughs) I've never had a patient who was happy to have influenza. She was just happy she didn't have corona. Yes, absolutely. People are worried that they have this. The more they see it in the media, the testing is available, they're going to come in to get it to try to, you know, assuage those fears. But so, so in, in, to what degree is that completely misguided? Because she has a child, an elderly person, many, many more people die every year from influenza than they do obviously from this coronavirus so far. So isn't she more at risk technically now? You know, that's actually a good point. If you took the child, for example, it looks like with coronavirus that this is not a pediatric viral disease. It just doesn't get at kids very much. Whereas, I don't know what the number is. It was 100 and something of kids have died from influenza. It's still incredibly low. So really the kid at that age, they weren't super, super young, under six months or infants. So that's okay. But you bring up a good point. Like 
flu is still a risk that this older person could get it and get into trouble. Not as high. I mean, it's not as certainly influenza is not as, as serious as Corona for older people, but let's not get anybody sick. <laughs> I agree with that. If there's an area where we see an, a, a cluster of coronavirus cases, should we send an army of children in to disinfect the area because they seem pretty impervious? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you bring up like, it, it's not science fiction to wonder like, could you transfuse some part of a child's, could you like freeze out some part of the, ch- the child's immune system and inject it in elderly people as a treatment? That's actually, I mean, there's something to that. What is it in the kid's immune system that's able to fight it off and, and uh, that they just, you know, flick it like a flea and they don't get right. very sick? It's taking down old people. Maybe until we merge their immune systems, we could just have old people, if they're physically strong enough to lift a child, just hold the child up as some kind of a shield to prevent <laughs> any droplets getting into their own system. You know, for a minute there, I thought you were you might take up a career in microbiology or virology. I thought that was a brilliant idea. Thank you. Thank you for that. The child shield thing, I think there may be um, problems with that kind of testing, but I wouldn't totally discourage the line of reasoning. Thank you. I've been using kids whenever I see them around town, I'll just lift them up and in case somebody coughs, you know what I mean? The parents don't like it, but I feel as though I'm, there's no way to be too overly cautious during a pandemic outbreak. <laughs> um, are you wearing the big hazmat suit when you're swabbing people? People are coming in, they can just run in at you at this ER situation. Are you extra protected? Yeah. So interesting. You bring that up. Um, Thank you. These, the best mask is this – it's called N95. Yeah. It has a, forms kind of a complete seal around your mouth and nose. The reason we don't recommend those, those other masks is that you can still breathe stuff around the mask. But these N95 things, when they form a complete seal, um, you know, viruses, infectious particles aren't going to get through that. I mean it's breathing in those things is awful. It's miserable. You can't – it just feels like you can't ever get a breath. But when we swab people, that kind of respiratory protection is required. I don't do that. That's a nursing, a nursing thing. But that's what the recommendation is. In these ERs, they're saving these masks for you know known exposures, people that seem high risk to have it. They're not just going to let me grab one and put it in my pocket. These things are going to become commodities. We're worried that those things won't be available when we really need them. Right. How long are they good for? Because I only have one and then I have a bunch of the regular masks that apparently don't do much unless you have it yourself or transmitting it to others. I have one N95. I'm an incredibly generous kind of manly person, so I gave it to my girlfriend. She's a dental hygienist. She refuses to wear it at work. She thinks it's unnecessary and has to be professionally fit to your face. Is she wrong? Um can you fit it yourself, and how long do they last for? Well, the I don't know how long they last. That's a good question. I I don't imagine that they break them, you know, un, unless it's all about the seal. And it's true they want to officially test you. You know, you you wear it, then they squirt this stuff that you can either smell or taste or whatever, and they just keep on. I mean, you're just like adjusting the strap. They want want you to shave. You can't have much of a beard, right? I just shaved my beard <laughs> off on account of not wanting to die. <laughs> can she fit it herself? I think so. I mean, okay. sure, the extra professional thing is. So, to in get your it. in your professional yeah. medical opinion, my girlfriend's wrong and I'm right. I just want to get that on the podcast. Um, you're speaking really fast. I don't know if I my your girlfriend's wrong and you're 
Right. That's correct. No, I think she's actually right that usually it is uh, professionally done like that. And you are also right in that you could probably go without it and be fine. So I'm going to say you're both right. You broke up a little bit there, but you said I'm 100% right and she's wrong. Thank you for going on the record like that. Um, (laughs) What is the advice you give to everybody listening to this, watching this on the video version of the podcast, what's the advice? What do we obviously wash your hands for 20 seconds, sing the happy birthday song twice or once the way Marilyn Monroe did it when trying to publicly seduce John F. Kennedy. Um, what else? Don't touch surfaces. Don't touch old people. You see an old person run in fear, tell them you're old, you might die, get away from them quickly. But what else is it important to self-quarantine everybody? If you don't have symptoms, should we all be staying home? Should we not be going to restaurants, movie theaters? Should we not be out in public, if at all possible? I think what I would advise everybody is um, we're going to be okay. If you're young and healthy, remember this isn't really a great threat to your life, but we all need to do our part so that we save older people's lives by not filling up the ERs and the ICUs. Should we not go out at all? I don't think we're at that point. We may get to a point where it is lockdown like Italy. We're not there yet. Things are going to get worse. Anticipate that. And the other thing is pay attention to your mental health. So there's so much fear, panic, anxiety, like make sure you're exercising, sleeping, take care of yourself, meditate, deep breathe through this stuff that will lower the the adrenaline. And at the end of the day, this is a – it's going to be – there is – this is Corona season. Okay. Winter is coming. <laughs> like Game of Thrones <laughs> thing. There are going to be more infections in, in the, in the hospitals. And then the, the news media is going to pick it up. It's going to freak everybody out. I want you to anticipate that and know that eventually infections, they go up, they're going to go down. We're going to be done with this. I think we should have Corona Fest in September where there's a worldwide celebration when we can finally get together again and have a concert. But we will get through this. Look at all these horrible things in history, whether it's the 1918 flu, HIV. We didn't know what the hell was going on for years with that thing. People this one thought wrong. that could be airborne and it turns out to be hysteria in that instance. So, yeah. We're going to be okay. We're going to get through it. But, but then why not right. stay home? Why not stay home whenever possible? I'm doing that. I'm not going to friends' birthday gatherings at bars. I'm trying to not go out. I'm having you live via Skype, even though you live next door to me and you could come over easily. That's not true. You live in Venice, and I don't know why anybody would do that. It's so far, and it's a real nightmare to get there. But should we not try to avoid people when possible for that exact reason, to avoid passing it no, to I- the elderly who are very weak and feeble? I I think, again, I think some of this stuff is, um, you know, what I would call low yield. Um, are you doing your part? You know, could it help? Maybe. There's the big things that we should absolutely be doing. When somebody's got it, absolutely they should stay home and not go out for a couple weeks. When you've got an outbreak in a nursing home or whatever, then you need to go on lockdown there and aggressively prevent it. Should the average person who may not have any symptoms, we're not even sure if they have it, should they be self-quarantining for a month, six weeks? Eh, I think that's a, a bit much. I'm not convinced that you know that alone, that that kind of a thing is – 
is warranted. You know that you know what we used to, what we still say all the time for influenza, besides get your flu shot, is what you know same same stuff. Wash your hands when you are sick with a fever and all these flu symptoms. Stay home. Nobody listens, right? With the flu, we're going to listen now with this thing. That's the stuff that, that we're sure about. Being so aggressive and, and, and pushing it to this quarantine because people don't show symptoms and stuff like that. Like, I want to tell you that, yeah, let's everybody do it, but eh. Okay. One last coronavirus-related question for you. As, as you're touching your face, seems the right time. This is a very practical question I have not heard asked or answered in any of the media. They say, if you're out in public, don't touch your face. But a lot of us touch our faces by habit. I do. I'm a nail biter. I touch my face. I do all kinds of stuff. What do you do if you're out in public? You don't have sanitizer and you accidentally touch your face. Let's say you just shook someone's hand or, the, or you came too close to somebody or somebody coughed near you and you touch your face. Do you run to a bathroom and wash your face with soap or do you just hope you're okay? How no, serious do you I, take that? I think if you're looking at it like that, that's, it's, that's too much. These studies – I saw that you touch your face 20 to 50 times every hour. I'm know? at least triple that. I go about 150 to 450 times an hour. Like, I mean, how many times have I touched my face in the last five minutes? Yeah, it's, an, it's a little bit embarrassing how much you're touching your face. I really wish you would slow it down. You're making me nervous from a virility standpoint. You know, I touch my face a lot less when I do in-person interviews and podcasts. So this is unfortunately... I understand that. I understand that. Me over the computer, but... So don't wash your face. You don't need to run to a bathroom and wash your face. Well, I mean, let's pretend you were exposed. It's too late. If you already okay. touched this, the damage has been done. But look, you're not. It, it isn't. I there's a if you're touching your face, there's a thousand times you could put it in there. I don't know. That's just that's too much. Oh, that I is a key question though. What you just brought up. So I don't think people know how these things work. So if you touch your, let's so say you have a little bit of coronavirus germs on your hand and you touch your your nose. Okay, is it for sure? in your nasal cavity now you said it's too late or maybe you touched it on the outside of your nose and if you run and wash it it might not get in there but if you keep breathing it might get in there or is it just yeah, either but, gets in there or doesn't yeah but you don't know where it is when you it, it just that's i think that's just it's too much i think that's absurd look there's a spectrum right like on the one hand, if you find somebody who's got coronavirus and you go up and you French kiss them and then they sneeze and cough in your face, that's a 100% exposure, right? You're going to you're going to get that thing. I should stop Maybe doing that. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life ever. Thank brother. you. Thank you. I thought Support you were getting a little controlling there suddenly. On the other end, like somebody has coronavirus and they're across the street and they walk by you like, "Is that an exposure?" No, that's nothing. And then there's all this stuff in between. Well, what if I'm in an airplane? Oh, well, the airplane is so well filtered and purified. I'm like, I don't know about that. Somebody's sitting next to you, like coughing and sneezing and whatever. Guess what? You're exposed. If you're in the front of the plane and they're in the back of the plane, it's less. Is it zero? No, it's something. What is it? I don't know. What about wiping down seats with like these Clorox wipes? Like I actually get afraid that you're actually then touching it more. Like I know you got that little thin cloth between your hand, but is that better? Wipe down a seat? Carefully throw it away, wash your hands, then sit back down? I think there's some things where it makes sense to wipe them down. You know, computers when you're using them in a public place, the bench press at gym or whatever. But I think what you're getting into also is, look, we can't control – you can't control this stuff. 
and it's hard that some of this is just without our control. A lot of us are going to get this right. regardless of you could do everything right. And still the virus is so contagious that it, and you're in a certain part of town or whatever, you know, that you're in a busy enough metropolitan area that you're going to, you're going to get it. So, and for most folks, again, who are young and healthy, it's going to be okay. It's not mm-hmm. going to be a big problem. As an extra, uh, I'm somebody that goes a little bit extra cautious. So to, I'm not going to the gym just on the off chance. I stopped going to the gym five years ago, just in case <laughs> a pandemic like this happened. <laughs> then, then that's one thing, one less thing you have to worry about. I love but, that. but you're right. You bring up, you bring up a good point. And I was talking about this tonight with people. A couple of friends of mine were like, "Hey, we're, we're worried. Like, should we go to this party or not?" And one right. of the questions I have for them is, "What is your risk tolerance? If you get this, you're probably going to be fine. But are you going to freak out? If you are going to freak out, you might not want to go to a party because there is some risk." Right. Somebody could have it there. Can't tell you that's zero. On the other hand, if you're like, you know what, I'm okay with maybe be, you know, going to a place and, and I know that there's a low risk that I might have it. You're not going to the nursing home in Washington that had the breakout with all the deaths, right? Like that's foolish going about your day. Like maybe you're going to go to yoga class. Maybe you're going to go to a party of 10 mm-hmm. people. The number is like the number where the CDC was like no more greater than this was 10. I don't know why. Really? After 10 people, the chance that somebody is infectious goes up. I can't imagine that there's a big difference between 5,000 and 10,000. I feel like in that group, you're going to have somebody there. But, but, but anyway, 10 people is what the CDC said? 10 people. 10. A 10-person party, they're like, oh, more than that. we got to shut them down. And we're, you know, we're not talking about the NCAA tournament with 20,000 30,000 people in, right. in the stadium. But um, – so you don't believe that we need we're at the level yet we need to be using young children as carrier pigeons, you know, Ty- I tying notes really, to them, throwing them off buildings, and saying "fly, young boy." You have brought up a lot of ideas that are outside of the box. Thank I you. don't know if anybody's ever suggested you run for political office, but <laughs> I like the way that you're thinking. Nobody has. I see a future there. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Um, before I let you go, a couple of other questions. You and I used to be on the Today Show together on the Guys Tell All segment with Kathy Lee and Hoda. They would fly us out to New York. Um, you fell in Great love late. with Kathy Lee Gifford. You asked her out on a date. She rejected you. Why? What happened? What was it about her that smit you so much, smitten you so much? There's a lot of things that you said there that mm-hmm. I'm not sure those are exactly true. But Please correct the record wherever, need, wherever needed. Yeah, Kathy Lee, Kathy Lee Gifford was wonderful. Love that the was, human. You know, you've done this stuff long enough. I, I that was one of the first times where I met like big deal celebrities. I think she's pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And sitting next to her, getting to know her a little bit between those commercial breaks, she was so nice and genuine. And um, I was really impressed. I just figured, you know, like you read things about people and magazines and blah 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 blah, blah and then just. You know, kind of getting to know her as a human being, I thought she was great. And you asked her to lunch. No part of your asking her to lunch was romantic in nature. You're going on the record saying that? Oh, my gosh. No! I just... No. I Okay. Okay. I had a girlfriend at the time. Otherwise, I'm not saying I wouldn't have interested. She's a very attractive woman, and she was single. So there's nothing wrong with it if you want to come out. Yeah, and I, love how you, I love how you came on the podcast. You just like dropped that story on your podcast life can change in a moment imagine how yours would have changed if you were mrs if you were if you were mr kathy lee gifford i she had a boyfriend or whatever i just okay. was like 
Hey, sorry she's to hear really that, Larry. I'm really sorry. I was just like, hey, okay. <laughs> Larry, in all she seriousness, goes, yep, you please. No, I was gonna go ahead. No, I was gonna tell another part of that story that I'll leave off air. All right. Well, you're welcome to share it if you need to get back at me or something. Go ahead. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not back at you. So we all give her. All of us give her flowers on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm, sure. That's the one where you and I saw that. Shit, that movie. We watched that movie together. Whatever the thing was. We went and saw Fifty Shades Darker or whatever it's called together yeah. because the Today Show made us see it as homework for our segment. You and I decided to see it together, and you walked out halfway through because you're uncomfortable with your sexuality and you're kind of vanilla in the way you make love. And I understand that's what I've heard from people and that's on you. You're a doctor. You get, you get, they get other things from you. They get financial security with me unstable life, but a sex life that is second to none. Your point is what? Oh, that actually, I was going to summarize it in almost the exact same way. <laughs> that was incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I gave her that, like, yep. it gave me that little card and, and then, and then I didn't, you know, I was like, hey, um, let's go to lunch. I get this mailed card and envelope. You know, I get this mailed card from her, which was really nice. She took mm-hmm. a moment to like, right? She was like, hey, thanks a lot for the flowers. Yeah, why would you want to go to lunch with your mother? And I was like, oh, shit. She thought I asked her out. Then they didn't have me back for a month, and I thought I ruined my life. And then when they did bring me back, the, you know, two months later or whatever, you may not remember this conversation um but i'm it's you me kathy lee and jade my friend jade taylor who accompanied me to the today show taping from the magicians yep yeah so jade's there and kathy lee's like hey ben she's really cute what's the deal and you're like you know i've got a girlfriend but jade's my friend and then kathy lee and this is the first time i've seen her since i was you know put back on the bench for what I would guess was my little letter business. Mm -hmm. She comes up to me and she starts rubbing my arm and she goes, and she looks at me and she's looking at you too. And she goes, there's nothing wrong with a little sexual attention. Kathy Lee said that. I do remember that. She, she said that and she walked away and I was just like, yeah, that's her formula for winning TV. She's like, Oh, did you get my letter? Yeah. No big deal. Good to see you again. And I was like, got it. (laughs) I understand. She keeps, keeps you on the hook. Um, I understand. Well, lucky, no, she, for, lucky for both of us, we both stopped being invited shortly thereafter, and it's not an issue we have to even worry about anymore. Being on the Today <laughs> Show and flying out and all the exposure to millions of people at a time, who needs it? I was ready to move on myself. No, it was a lot of fun. It was a great time. It was really fun to be able to do it, although ironically now we don't want exposure to even more than nine people at once. So I feel like the world's come around to our perspective. <laughs> um, please subscribe to Life Can Change in a Moment, the video podcast from my friend, Dr. Larry Burchett, MD. Check out our episode. It's a good one. People our episode love it. is a great one. Very interesting guest you have from all walks of life, people that just have had their lives changed suddenly in interesting ways. And it's a great way to, to look at life from a different perspective. I really enjoy the podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, your episode, it's it, it was a good one. You talk about your presidential run and everything. The moment that you – that's your moment when you decided to do that and then um, – no, it was, it was good. You uh, you were an entertaining, excellent guest. Thank you, bud. So were you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Follow at Dr. Larry Burchett, B-U-R-C-H-E-T-T on Instagram and DrLarry.com. 
Doc, thanks so much, bud. Thanks, Ben. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Larry Burchett, everybody. Good man. Dear friend. But now it's time, as we always do, to check in with the Glebe Squad, the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Friends with Benefits, the Big Glebers and all of us. It's time for Twitter Answers. I'd like to remind you before we get into today's question, I just did launch a Patreon the first time in the history of this podcast. You have a chance to get bonus content, behind-the-scenes stuff, bonus podcasts, calls with me, all kinds of different tiers, benefits, handwritten notes, meet me in person, meet me for lunch, all kinds of different things that you can get for the different tiers. Please check it out at patreon.com slash benglebe, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash benglebe. I asked the Brain Trust, how are you preparing for coronavirus? Are you concerned? Hashtag Twitter answers where you can find these questions and participate in this segment every week. At Social Diva, Peg Samuel replied, extra coffee. Feels like the wrong move, Peg. During a time when we're all very nervous and on edge, people aren't really falling asleep randomly as much as we are tearing our hair out. I think maybe decaf coffee would be the move. At UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of this podcast, Chris Carter says, I wasn't concerned. He lives in Blackpool, England. I wasn't concerned until the first case appeared in my town today. Not had to beat anyone to death for toilet paper yet. And I'm quite a religious hand washer as is. So this is a troubling tweet from Chris because he wasn't concerned. Now he sees one tweet and he's already talking about beating people to death for toilet paper. So maybe um, take a breath. You're a postman, Chris. Steal Toilet paper deliveries for yourself. Take a little off the top. I'm kidding. I would never encourage people to steal each other's toilet paper. That's beneath you. But like, just take a deep breath, Lizzo style, before beating people to death for their for their hard-earned toilet paper, okay? At Hugs and Kiss 3, Kimberly, our friend, says, Yes, very concerned about coronavirus. Classified as a pandemic now, said to get much worse. My parents are in their late 70s, and my brother and I are in our mid-50s. Very high risk for us all. I have MS and respiratory issues. Not in the best of health. I'm doing a home self-quarantine. Very smart to do a home self-quarantine. I'm almost entirely doing that myself, and I'm fairly healthy. Been a little under the weather for a few days, to be honest with you, but I don't believe it's coronavirus. Just had a little bit of a sore throat. No fever. I don't have uh, a cough. Maybe once a day, twice a day I have a cough, but generally I'm fine, no respiratory issues. Bit of a sore throat, but it was brought upon by me pulling an all-nighter again a couple nights in a row recently. I think that was it. I've been sleeping a lot. I'm already feeling better. At Optimus for PA Gov, at John Holowich, our friend says, the same way I did for SARS and H1N1, not at all concerned. I'm an EMT. Everything that the... IDC, the Center for Disease Control, I'm not sure, oh, he meant to be IDC, but I think he means CDC, says, I already do daily. Good for you, man. Can you give us some of the hot inside tips? Well, we just heard a lot of them from Dr. Larry. Kevin JB at Golden Armed One, lots of vitamin C and elderberry. Got a 3M P95 mask for going to the store, stocking up my freezer and cabinets. Stocking up, solid move. Vitamin C couldn't hurt. Elderberry? I'm not sure. I don't even know if that's a real berry 
or some kind of a flower or whatever. I don't think anything that soft is going to be affecting any any uh, deadly viruses, personally. Unless you enjoy the flavor of the elderberry, I'd say it's a wash on that. Raul A. Maestri Jr., it's good to be Raul, says, I have scotch, toilet paper, and hand Satanizer. Interesting misspelling right there. Is Satan behind this virus? Possibly. I like the scotch part of it. That's why I decided to read this. I'm a scotch man myself. I'm a whiskey man more so, but scotch sometimes I enjoy the scotch variety. Jill Robinson at Days Brady Pants. I've never been so proud of myself to be an introvert with kid-sized hands. Hashtag less hand sanitizer needed. This is your golden year right now. Your strike zone is global pandemics that need need alcohol-based cleaning supplies. Lisa M. Bigelow at L.M. Bigelow. I really am not overly worried about being sick, but people are going nuts. Soap, hand sanitizer, and toilet paper have become impossible to find. I worry for those who don't think they need to go buy stuff yet. They will be screwed by the time they go looking, and that is a fact. If you haven't gone yet and stocked up, do that immediately. Go to liquor stores in the shady part of town if you got to, pull my move, and stock up. Stuff's already off the shelves everywhere. It looks almost like a global pandemic has hit. It's how freaked out people are. Wait, I'm being told that that is true. Lori Lane Rodriguez at Dogriguez. Social isolation? Self-quarantine? I'd like to thank anxiety and introversion for the lifetime they spent preparing me for this moment. So similar response there to Jill Robinson. And I'm proud of you guys for doing the homework, you know? And lastly, at Petite Phyllis. Are you concerned about the coronavirus and what are you doing to prepare? Petite Phyllis replies, plenty of batteries, followed by an eggplant emoji. So, um, Petite Phyllis getting freaky with her petite little self. I am mad at it. I'm not going to judge you, Petite. You do whatever gets you through this crisis. Even if you're having, you know, Issues going to work, you can't make it to work, you have a public-facing job, consider webcamming it, maybe. I recommend this to anybody, man or woman, especially the elderly. If they can't make it out, need an extra dollar, consider becoming a webcam girl or guy. I'm just throwing it out there for you to bounce around in your aging head. On that incredibly disturbing note, I encourage you one more time to check out my hour special that was on Showtime now on YouTube for free, Neurotic Gangster, or on Amazon Prime. Patreon.com slash Ben Please do subscribe. You get a bunch of great stuff if you do. And on that note, it is time for the Thunder Round. A blind man fails citizenship test after being denied Braille. It sucks to be able to to be denied Braille. We have to end the cash Braille system in this country. I'm sorry that's not bail that he's denied. Braille. The bumpy letters? Got it. Lucio Delgado, 23, was born blind. Used the cane to get around. Moved to the U.S. from Mexico six years ago. Was offered a large print sentence to read, which he said he could not read on the fact that he is um, 100% completely blind. 
understandable. You can't read when you're blind. It's one of the defining features of being blind. You can't see and or read words that aren't bumpy. Under Illinois, in Illinois state law, he was told to get a doctor's note to prove his condition. Now, if you see a picture of this guy, he's got no, he doesn't even have eyeballs, really. He's got eyeballs, but they're blank ones. He's got white eyeballs, super blind style. Clearly blind. They said to him, unfortunately, you can't read English. You can't be an American citizen. So he was turned down. Very bummed the man. And then just the next couple months after that, they started offering Braille tests. A lawyer for him said that they, the Immigration Naturalization Services has contacted him since the story was first reported last week to offer him another appointment later this month. If he can get there, I mean, if the road is not bumpy. Some of you are going to say, Ben, it's insensitive to the blind. Blind people can't listen to podcasts. Okay, I'm being informed that they can. The problems with their eyes and not with their ears. Blind people are not deaf. Well, I made a grave error there. But think about it for a minute, now that I'm really sucking this mud pile anyway. Do we want the blind being American citizens? How are they going to safely drive on our roads? Did you even ask yourself that? So I feel like you're the, the fool now, and I've really proven myself. Coronavirus conference gets canceled because of coronavirus, Bloomberg News reports. Thank God Bloomberg's back to being just a news report and not a presidential candidate. The Council on Foreign Relations has canceled a roundtable called, quote, Doing Business Under Coronavirus, scheduled for Friday in New York due to the spread of infection all around New York. Irony at its greatest, kind of a meta situation happening here. What would be really sad would be if they start scheduling a conference to discuss why they had to cancel the first conference about why they have to cancel other conferences due to the coronavirus. It could really be just a never-ending cycle of conferences related to coronavirus being canceled on account of coronavirus. Con- corona, brr, 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 my corona. Is my brain getting soft? Is my brain becoming kind of a putty-like mush? Tweet at me. At, 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 um, whatever my name is. Try to tweet at me to that name. That way you can reach me there on the internet. Students suspended from school for selling squirts of hand sanitizer to classmates. USA Today reports. Kind of, initially I like the entrepreneurial spirit. It's a little not friendly to your friends during a pandemic, but still, Jenny Tompkins posted her son's money-making scheme on Facebook. Writing, quote, it's very hard to discipline this behavior. Very hard to discipline this behavior, said in a way you could actually hear not too quick. When his dad phones him from work to call him a fucking legend, Tompkins wrote. Supportive dad right there. And all he made just over $11 from his scheme after selling each squirt for 64 cents. Very particular price. What are the proceeds going to be used for? The young boy said he purchased a bag of Doritos and plans to buy a kebab with the rest of his cash. <laughs> what a what a day in the park that's going to be. When I was a young boy, I had a pen business for a brief month in elementary school. I was like in maybe fourth grade. I sold I had these like fancy pens. One had a little baseball on the end of it. Sold pens. I made about like 20 bucks. And I realized I want to be the kid that sells pens. And I never became a lot cooler than that in my younger years either. 
I was kid who sells pen cool for a long time. And our last story, during this last week on Earth. A Florida 7th grader sends 41 people to the hospital during this last week when he mistakes pepper spray for body spray. Newsweek reported, ouch, that's not a good move. A student at Highlands Middle School in Jacksonville, wait for it, Florida. Of course, Florida. It's always fucking Florida. Caused the school's gymnasium to be evacuated. After spraying pepper spray that he took from the belongings of another student, deciding to spray himself with somebody else's body spray. Now, this is a great story for many reasons. Firstly, anybody who uses body spray deserves an occasional pepper spraying. Don't use body spray. Smell good. Put a little deodorant under your arms. Go about your day. Use soap when you shower. You should smell fine. You shouldn't need to spray your entire body with a coat of chemicals to smell approachable, firstly. Very douchey thing to need body spray. Secondly, there's clearly a bully-type kid taking spray from somebody else who's already wearing body spray. So now you got two kids that deserve to be pepper sprayed. If they weren't kids, I don't encourage kids to be used other than shields for coronavirus. And of course, that's also a joke. My God, I'm going to get letters. I'm going to get emails. I'm going to get text messages from angry parents. I started using my son as a shield for the coronavirus because you said so. It was a joke. But really, body spray adults, body spray using adults should. I mean, I don't know if death penalty is too strong, but I feel like maybe life in prison where they have to spray themselves and smell so axed up that they become very popular. Bunch of kids, 41, had to run out of the gym and end up being transported to area hospitals. I hope that teaches them at least to never use body spray. One of the students was quoted as saying, everybody started running out of the gym. And then when I came outside, everybody was coughing and praying. According to 7th grader, William Cosby. No joke. The seventh grader's name is Bill Cosby. Um, His parents probably named him that, thinking, beloved comedian, we're going to name our kid after America's favorite comedian. But being Florida, everything went horribly wrong. And this child now is named Bill Cosby and has been sprayed with pepper spray by a student who thought it was body spray. And the kid has to both change his eyeballs from the intense stinging pain and his name, which you can do fairly cheaply at LegalZoom.com. Get on that. You already live in Florida. You already smell like body spray and or pepper spray. And you're named Bill Cosby. Nothing's going well for you. Change the name. I recommend also changing schools whenever schools come back into existence. Once the pandemic is over. And leave the state of Florida. There are dino- angry dinosaurs that live in every pond or lake ready to eat your babies. It's not a place to live. To visit, sure. It's funny to laugh at when you're there. But get out as soon as you possibly can. And that's the opposite of the advice we all should be taking right now, which is stay in as long as you possibly can. On account of, you know, like the infectious global planetary disease that's trying to take us all down. So take a deep breath, Lizzo style. Touch your crystals. Relax. Rip off the fear from the earth like it's a wig. I think that's good advice. 
But also try to go nowhere, touch nobody, stay six feet away from people, wash your hands for 20 seconds all the time, and just stay in. Work from home. Call it a staycation. Until last week, next week. This has been Last Week on Earth. Good night, everybody. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth.